Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their primary family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. And if you schedule a cleaning today, you can get an x-ray, an exam, and you get a free Sonicare toothbrush with that from Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee helps you start your day feeling your best. It's rich in CBD and CBG and will improve the quality of your morning or if you're like me, it'll improve your afternoon too. And now new customers can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. I am your host, Patrick Lyons of the DNVR Rockies podcast. And today we've got a very special guest, a crossover guest, a, a utility player, if you will. He can do it uh, in many, many sports, and he's doing it today in baseball for us. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the man known as Mr. A.J. Hayfley. What's going on, A.J.? Not much. Just uh, enjoying a quiet day in, uh, in the hockey world. Not much going on. Yeah, it, it's early in the season, so it, it should be uh, on the quieter side, but Saturday night it wasn't quiet down at the DNVR bar, and we'll we'll get to that later on down the line. But let's let's jump into it right away because I know you're you're a big baseball fan, and your your team, one of your teams, I guess, is still alive. And let's just talk MLB postseason. It's been it's been really good. It's been very exciting. Yeah, it's been a lot of great, lot of great games. I mean, that Dodgers Giants series was, I mean, tremendous baseball, uh, and I. I don't know. I have a weird hatred of the Giants that I just even it, like the way that the way that it ended for them. It just the shot in Freud was so real. So I, uh, you know, I've I've loved this postseason. It's been great to to make time. I'm I'm glad that the Avalanche are not playing very often right now, so I can just watch baseball every night because uh, it's been it's really been a great postseason so far. And obviously my Astros are uh, doing well. They're, they're, they're competitive, you know, they won a round. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. The wild card games were very good. Then we got yeah. to the division series and pretty much every team that won was a team that someone or most people, I think, I think Rockies fans might have it worse than anyone. Cause you know, all baseball fans, I think to some degree, 
you go, all right, Red Sox, you've won it enough. You're involved in this sign stealing, you know, fiasco and the Astros obviously <laughs> are number one. So most baseball yeah. fans are probably like, uh, just swearing off the American league teams as far as rooting for them. If you're a Rockies fan, of course, you weren't really going to be too happy, whether it was giants or Dodgers. And there's a lot of history with Atlanta and they won all through the nineties and, uh, you know, winning the NL East for, you know, it seems like two decades straight. So it's, it's rough. Interesting to me that Atlanta has recent has in, in recent history, uh, had a, had a GM banned for life. That doesn't get talked about a lot. You're right. For for infractions, like serious infractions. And like people, people are like, wow, this team is so fun to watch. And it's, you know, and oh, this, this is great. And oh, well, that was that was just management, you know, like that didn't involve the players. And like, so I get it. And it was like a uh, you know, we talk we talk about this. Um we actually mentioned this on the Avalanche show recently that baseball scandals are more scandalous um or i think it was actually on tdsp last week that baseball scandals are like more digestible because they're easier to understand and uh the 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 when the i can't remember his name anymore but uh when the braves gm got got banned for life it was like john coppolella yeah and it was like it was like like procedural violations right like you're like it wasn't like a sign stealing scandal is something like juicy and digest. Like you go and you can hear the banging. Right. And like, you can, you can like see it in action and you're just like, Oh my God, this is awful. Uh, but like their transgressions were all cloak and dagger behind closed doors, nonsense. And uh, so it, I, it's just interesting to me, perception of things because you know, the Astros are all that is evil in the world and nobody wants them to do well. And look, I feel that like, and I, I feel, I feel baseball fans anger. Um, I was pretty defensive and angry at the time it all came down uh, to the point, you know, where I got into a, got into a shouting match or two uh, on podcasts back in the day talking about it. Uh, but it was, you know, for for me, I'm I I look at the Astros. I look at I look at their this as an opportunity. This is like a redemptive arc for for them in my in my eyes. Now, obviously, you know, growing up outside of Houston and going to Astros games, uh, and but you know, to be honest with you, I mostly went to Astros Rockies games. Um, but. I've been I've been there for plenty of big moments in Astros history. Um, you know, like I was at the last ever game in the Astrodome, for example, when they lost to the Braves uh, in the in the playoffs. Um, but it was it, I I'm, I look at I look at the Astros and as kind of a uh, I get I get why people are are angry. Right. But when you look at the the last four teams that are still alive, you know, the Braves, the Braves have some there are some racial connotations there that are that are a little frustrating and the the chop, you know, where you're you're wondering how appropriate this really is. Uh the Dodgers are everything that is evil in all of the world. Um <laughs> not not all the players, 
Just, some of the players maybe well, but and, the and, team and what they represent and, i agree you know, with you. I agree. like of like like they're you know they're the juggernaut in baseball and which which really sucks because honestly what they do is unbelievable like they they have the money and the resources but they draft and they develop and they procure talent in a way that is only matched in baseball by tampa bay and they should be somebody they should like what they're doing right now should be something that we are all appreciating and respecting properly, but that's not how sports fans live. We live in a world, we live in a world where we don't want to watch the same teams win every year. And in baseball with the economic inequalities of just the way that the way that teams are allowed to spend money, there's always going to be that stigma of rich teams versus poor teams. And, you know, disregard that Tampa Bay and the Tampa Bay and Oakland and Minnesota are like regularly successful and Cleveland are, are, are regularly successful, but it's, you look at the top four right now, Atlanta, LA, Houston and Boston. And it's like, wow, they should be. Yeah, they they should be. It's, it's not, it's not as exciting. It's not as impressive even, you know, you, you go back and you see how, you know, Boston was one of the worst teams in the game last year, but it was a 60-game season, and yeah. they were without Chris Sale, and I think they realized, you know what, they kind of have an opportunity to reset some things. You know, they went out, and, and in the draft, they get a, a, a stud who could have been the number one overall pick in Marcelo Mayer, and you go, okay, this is an organization that gets it and uses its resources well. So they, they were crummy in 2020, but it allowed them to kind of catapult into this 2021 season. And, you know, that what happened with, with Atlanta, it, when you mentioned the, the John Capalella scandal, it's, it was similar to the Astros as far as the tanking, because tanking is another one of those kind of hot button issues that I think has just become this industry standard that is accepted. But if you, you know, really put the, the microscope on it, and maybe you don't even need to go that far, you go, oh, this is kind of gross too. But Atlanta tried to do it through the international market. Yeah. And tried to tried to work around the rules and sign a bunch of impoverished Latin American players, and which is obviously very gross to do that. And so the hammer was brought down. But it's that's like a behind the scenes thing that you're right doesn't get talked about a lot with Atlanta, and and they had to they had to pay a tax for that essentially, but mm-hmm. not not the same one as as Houston, you know, had to. And it's yeah, it, it it's gross all the way around. All, all four of these teams are they they represent you know, kind of the, the underbelly, if you will, of, of major league baseball. But as you pointed out kind of before we started recording and, and as we did start recording outside of that, that black cloud, the postseason has been really exciting. And I like what you're saying about Astros and the redemption story for them. Most people probably don't want to see that. They don't. But you, all, and I get but you also have to remember there's what only four guys, I think, or is it three, three players that, uh, are around from that from that era essentially because they've had such turnover and yeah. yeah that's a lot of young guys a lot of prospects a lot of guys who came over in trades so really you're punishing Correa, Bregman, Altuve and mm-hmm. nobody else had anything to do with with the the things that went down back in, in 2017. I think Guriel was there too. He might have been yeah he might have been the fourth one. Yeah um but yeah like like I, I get where and, and like organizationally, like those guys got punished like that, you know, 
like the GM was fired, the manager was fired, they had a couple of other employees that got fired along the way. Like there was some accountability. And I understand that and I totally agree with people that the punishments were not harsh enough overall. But they were also in a spot where it was like you you either get the full scope of what happened and the players are you can't punish the players or you the players don't say anything and you don't really ever find out what went down and nobody ended up getting punished and we never got the full story there so it's the i've always felt like the anger about uh, like the anger directed towards the punishment stuff was a little misguided just because they were in a they were in a lose lose situation and everybody ended up coming out of it feeling like they lost and except the astros who's pennant flies forever right your flags fly forever and i i think it's interesting because a lot of like a lot of the a lot of the argument is like oh well let's see let's see you guys do it without cheating and it's like okay well if they do are are they going to get the proper are they going to get the proper respect of a world series champion like if they get through this if they win this year's world series are they going to get are they going to be viewed in that light are they going to be respected in that way I I don't know. I but for me, I hope so. And you know, obviously I'm totally biased here. But that's a that's I'm, such a great question. Like will if if they do it this year or or next, whatever, but if they do it this year, does that kind of bury it? I don't think there's any way you can truly bury it. But honestly, for me, I, I think that does go a long way because again, it's a different group of of guys. And well, we don't really know they're not still doing it. But that also leads to the whole bigger issue to it is that we don't know other teams aren't doing it as well. That that was part of their punishment is, look, somebody's got to fall on this sword yeah. because all of MLB is really kind of getting out of whack. I mean, Bud Black even uh, said something. I think it might have even been in, in the 2019 uh, winter meetings about like, yeah, you know what? All the managers, we kind of got together, you know, this offseason and we said, yeah, we got to figure this out. We got to we got to rein it in. And it's it's because it it got wild, and you look and you see AJ Hinch managing the Detroit Tigers, Alex yeah. Cora, he's back with with Boston, and so all every all the players are back in place except Carlos Beltran, who you know you say, eh, you know how much of of that was was throwing him under the bus, and how much should he get buried? But also, you know these guys serve their penance, and you see Alex Cora and the toll that it took on him and his family, and. And how, you know, overjoyed he was at his daughter down on the field when, you know, Boston goes and, and knocks out Tampa Bay. And you see like, yeah, this is a human being. He's made a mistake. Doesn't he have the right to try to redeem himself and, and right the ship a little bit? And I, and I think you could say the same thing about the Astros organization here this postseason. Yeah. And I think and for me, it's where I think we've lost our way in all of the sports. Uh, a little bit is that we're so bloodthirsty all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I always, I always ask the question that I always ask when we get into these situations is how many pounds of flesh is enough? You know, like what, can we argue that, that certain Astros players should have been punished? Uh, and you know, the, especially some of the guys that are still doing the thing today, you know, you look at Altuve and Bregman and Correa, like that's, that's the core of that team. 
Like they're they're back in the position that they are largely because of those guys' contributions. So not punishing those guys certainly uh you know, like they there was no accountability there. There were no consequences there. Uh except for, you know, the I guess the just the eternal stain on their reputation, which how much is that worth? You know, I mean that's when when Jose when any of these guys when any of these guys retire someday. You know, some of these guys have run their way to some pretty great careers, have had some pretty great careers. You know, if they retire someday, it's an inevitable part of their story that they were that, especially if that's the only championship that those guys win. Um, like they have to like that's a that is something that does stick with them forever. Um, you know, in the way that the Black Sox scandal did back in the day. The obvious difference being those guys were punished in a way that was meaningful. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, it's a long diatribe just to say, I think that, I, I think that we want, we, we get overzealous in our desire for punishment uh, and we overlook the possibility of redemption and rehabilitation uh, just society writ large you know not not just in sports but i just think that that's something that we do that i would i would love to see maybe change a little bit uh because you do you do see you do you do like i do feel uh, a joy for for a guy like cora coming back and uh you know seeing the success that he's he's obviously great at what he does you know he paid he paid a price there are only so many years that we're alive and that we're that we're able to be involved in some of these cool things. You know, if you or I were suspended for a year, it'd be a huge problem for us. Would we ever be able to recover from that? I don't know, but it would be something you don't ever get back. And I just, for me, I look at, I look at some of these storylines and I understand the all evil uh, uh, angle of baseball's final four this year. Uh, just because of the way the power brokers that be and how we all, how we got here is not great, but I I think there's a lot of opportunity for redemption in this in this in these this final four. And to be honest with you, if the baseball keeps being as good as it has been, if you're if you're still mad about that, what kind of baseball fan are you? Baseball's been fantastic, and being a member of the DNVR.com is also fantastic. We're so thankful for everyone that came out to Sunday's amazing tailgate for the Broncos game. Thanks to Sexy Pizza and Brickridge Brewery for providing the all-you-can-eat pizza and all-you-can-drink beer. Everyone on the party bus had an incredible day. We're looking forward to the next one. Remember, new members can sign up for just 50 cents. That's it for your first month at the DNVR.com. And you know, if you have an annual membership, you get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. You get the bigger beer when you're hanging out at the DNVR bar in the corner of Colfax in York. AJ, you were there on Saturday for the LaCroix after party for members only. And that was, people were talking about it like dreams came true, which, which it really did. It was, it was an amazing night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a once in a lifetime opportunity of um, gathering up some of the greatest abs players of all time and putting them in one place and letting some of our members literally mingle with them all night. So that was cool. It was a fun yeah. night. 
I mean, fantastic. our our pod was nuts. Like, we just wandered. Like Michelle Goulet just wandered onto our set and sat down. And was like, all right, let's talk about let's talk about hockey. Like, all right, cool. I've got this hockey Hall of Famer sitting next to me. Uh, just casually wanting to talk some puck with us. Okay, we can do that. It it um, looked on and watching the the live feed, which so many people were at that time. It was it was literally like this clubhouse atmosphere. Yeah. Like, oh, let's let's see who's just gonna stroll in now. Yeah. It's like, eh, the gang is all hanging out. It was so yeah, fantastic. and it was pretty crazy. Some of the guys that were uh, that did not come on set, but were standing off, that were just standing there watching, and it was they were having a good time. They were heckling the guys who were talking with us, and it was it was a it was a fun night. It was a fun night. That's awesome. Yeah, Breckenridge Brewery was a flow in that night. They're the official beer of DNVR. And they're also now our official seltzer because Breckenridge Brewery provides good company, hard seltzer, now at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York. And if you're not having hard seltzers at the DNVR bar, you can get a 15-can sampler at King Supers, Costco, or just about anywhere. That's Breckenridge Brewery's good company, hard seltzer, an easy choice for a great company. And speaking of great companies, we've got a new one here. It's Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, we've actually learned there's always a catch. But we heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just $15 a month. And we naturally thought, okay, well, what's the catch? But here's the thing. We spoke with them. We used their service. And it makes sense. There isn't one this time. There's no catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the retail stores so there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of those gross mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on those sweet savings directly to you. So people uh, out there that if you're looking for those extra savings, Mint Mobile is the way to go. We offer premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can still use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan. Keep the same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% guaranteed, Mint Mobile has you covered for their seven-day money-back guarantee. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. Can't go wrong with that. So again... Go to mintmobile.com slash DNVR. That's mintmobile.com slash DNVR to cut your wireless bill to only 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash DNVR. Before, uh, the, one of the last things you said, AJ, that I thought was really interesting was, you know, this, this cloud, this, this, these shadows that are going to follow these players around and, you know, what's fair, what isn't fair. And, you know, we're, we we might we might love Sylvester Stallone and Judge Dredd, but we are not Judge Dredd. We we can't bring the hammer down in that capacity. But one of the things that could be fair, and it's might not be fair right now because all these guys, their wages aren't getting garnished. They're still adored by fans in Houston, and they're still superstar players, getting you know exclusive uh, deals uh, for all these different companies and whatnot. But as you just said, what happens when it, when their careers are over? You know, Correa, Bregman, Altuve, all three of those guys, I think, from this generation, you have to talk about being Hall of Fame caliber players. And we saw, yeah. we saw, okay, Black Sox, hey, those guys were banned from baseball. Mm-hmm. And end of discussion. We'll talk about it, but nothing's happening with them. The steroid era, 
Nobody was banned, but it's talked about nonstop. And that shadow hangs around those guys. It hangs around players that we don't even you know, know uh, are tied to it. Mike Piazza didn't get in on the first ballot because there were those whispers and those rumors. He wasn't involved with Balco. He wasn't doing things to the extent of Clemens and Bonds and whatnot, but yet that shadow hung around those players. And I think that that could be it. That could be that lasting effect, AJ, that you're talking about is that when their careers are over, Hey, they, maybe they got off, you know, scot-free and or they, they suffered for a couple years of really getting booed and taunted, but maybe they don't really pay the price until it comes time to, to be on a, a ballot to go into the hall of fame. And, they don't get on the first ballot or they don't get in at all. Yeah. I mean, look at a guy, look at a guy like Ken Caminiti and his career and how it's, we look at it these days, you know, where you look at, you look at his entire body of work and you're just like, was any of it legit? And, you know, like that was a guy who had a great career. He did. He had a great career. He was a great player. And, you just you just look at him with the side eye now, you know, a raised eyebrow, and I I wonder, you know, when when their their baseball biographies, the the sign stealing scandal is the first or it's either it's in the first first or second sentence, depending on who's writing it, because but even if even if it's the most sympathetic of of authors, you can't escape it. They can't escape it. Like that's. That is forever. They are forever tied to that. Even if they and win the World Series this year, that's going to be part of the headline or it, part of the first paragraph be. forever. You're right. But I, I do think, I do think that if they do win one, especially as a group, if they do win one together, that does not end up t- tainted down the road. Uh, that it does it does a lot for their legacy because you look at it and they say, oh, well, they won two championships together. And somebody goes, yeah, but one of them. And you just kind of shrug and you're like, yeah, true. Like, yeah, it's a map that that happened. But if they win the second one, if they win another one, uh, then, you know, you're you're talking about a, a different. You know, you're you're talking about a. a a Houston core for, you know, a a Houston group of guys that accomplished something pretty special. And when I look at these final four organizations too, it's like, look, the Dodgers just won the thing. Boston has won several of these things. Now Uh, Houston is trying to win a clean one. And uh, you know, Atlanta, I guess Atlanta had, they, they've never, they've been in the postseason so much. It's crazy that they just don't have more championships. Um, so I, I and I love I love watching the Braves play personally. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. might be one of my favorite players in baseball, which hot take like he's incredible. Uh, but I think that's also one of the things that makes this Final Four as fun to watch as it is, is because there are so many special talents to watch and appreciate. And it's not, you know, we look at the teams and you look at, oh, the it's all evil, right? It's all big money rising to the top again. But I just, and maybe it's because I've taken a small step back from being so invested in baseball in that way that it, it's helped me to just appreciate great, great, great games 
and great players performing at their. I mean, what what Kike Hernandez is doing right now is unbelievable. Like you, when you play video games and you have you go on a run like that, you're like, all right. I mean, this is cool and all, but this would never happen. Like this is just this is. I'm dominating too hard. I got to I got to up the difficulty here cuz this is unrealistic. And that's what he's doing right now on the biggest stage imaginable. Uh so it's it you know I I struggle I struggle with the whole baseball is miserable right now because there're just so many great individual performances. Yeah, I, I def I, I don't think it's it's miserable at all. But you're right. There, are, there's a lot of people kind of talking about that. It, I think, because the postseason is you know a lot longer than it it was you know twenty some years ago. Um, obviously, with the Rockies, you know, winning the first ever NL Wild Card, they kind of opened up that 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 second round when when they started having those division series. But you have a second season, and while you know, Kiki Hernandez might not be a star in the regular season. Jack Peterson, not a star in the regular season. Schwarber, okay, yeah. But those three guys in particular, they they're there every single offseason. Schwarber, I don't is missed the I think the 2019 postseason. That's the that's the only year of him being a big leaguer that he hasn't been in the postseason. Peterson's probably right there with him as well. And and Mookie Betts. Every year you see him in October. Now Max Scherzer is kind of in that group. Of course, everybody on the Dodgers. Uh, now everybody on the Astros. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a second season, and you you see the talent. You you begin to appreciate just how much of a grind that 162 game season you know really can be, and and that that final month just to get over that hump to win you know what's a, another 11 more games, and if you're a wild card, you got to win 12 games to win it all. It's just so impossible. And these, these guys like Kike Hernandez, it's just, it's exciting to, to see them play because of what they're doing and how they're able to get that heartbeat a little bit slower. It takes a real special player to do it. And it takes that extra bit of experience. It's one of the reasons why we keep seeing these same teams do it because they don't just get to the postseason; They win in the postseason, mm-hmm. And you know, maybe, maybe that's why the giants didn't do it. They had, didn't have enough guys with that slower heartbeat, they had plenty of them, right? They had Posey, Belt, and Crawford, but those new guys came up came up just short, and that that's sometimes the difference in, in a big series in October. Yeah, and I think that's also part of what made uh, the end of last night's game um, with the Dodgers and Braves game two a little shocking was – you know, it's a rocket up the middle, but like Corey Seager had just made an all world defensive play. And to see that ball just get through him the way that it did, it, it was shocking. I mean, that's that's what has separated these teams uh, in the postseason is, I mean, you see the teams that make mistakes pay for them. And these, you know, you see, you see the the Dodgers especially. They just keep coming up with huge defensive plays, especially defensively. They've come up with huge defensive plays. You you look at uh, you look at Game One of of Boston and Houston, and you look at the 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 diving catch that Kike Hernandez made with the bases loaded out in center field. You know he. He was all over the place in that game defensively. And it was just such high quality baseball. And 
you know, it speaks. It's funny. I'm talking about these great defensive plays of these. Those teams lost those games. You know, like the Dodgers are down two. They're down two nothing in that series, and they've Shocking. been un, they've been unreal. How good that they, they have been in that series, and the Braves. The Braves have just been that much better. And uh, I, 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 I've lived. I love that. It's a guy like Kike too. You know, it's not just the same old story with with just the big stars that you have a guy a, a guy that just randomly just catches fire like this you know when the when the nationals wanted a couple of years ago you remember they couldn't get anthony rendon out in the world series like just couldn't get the guy out in the world series it was just impossible to keep off base and i i think that's what makes baseball's postseason so scintillating is that you get that that pitch by pitch drama of anything can happen but you also get these guys that lock in at a different level you know we you you look at you know that it's not as it's not as sexy when you do it just for an inning but like tyler matzik has been incredible for the braves in the postseason just comes in and he's gotten in, he's gotten himself into a little bit of trouble here and there, but always works his way out of it. It's been crazy because they, they, between, you know, Matzik and, and Luke Jackson, like they kind of just interchange the two and in how, and how they work their way through uh, six, seven, eight, nine. And Jackson is struggling a lot more. He's a lot more of an adventure. And Tyler Matzik has just been incredible. And you, you look at I mean what the the Dodgers bullpen they just I don't under I don't understand how they lose games. Those guys just come in and throw lightning bolts all the time. They they're unreal, and I just it feels like it feels like the level of baseball that we're watching right now is just so high. That it makes like when in game two when Boston just blew out Houston. It's you know, I'm I'm sure the Schadenfreude was real. I'm sure I'm sure people loved it from a screw Houston perspective, but it's just not entertaining baseball to watch unless you're rooting for the Red Sox. You know, watching watching a team go up, what was it, eight to one in the second inning, second or third inning. Like, it's just not, it's just not as much, it's not as entertaining, but you look at all the other games. The first two games in the LCS have been phenomenal. You're, you're right about the, the high level of play. Cause you even hear after game two on, on Sunday night, Max Scherzer talking about, yeah, no, Alex Vizia was the guy to go to and. Truth be told, I had not heard of him before this year. Like they picked him up in a, one of those like side deals where you go, oh, the Dodgers just stole a relief pitcher from the Marlins and you go, is this guy going to be something? Well, he's on the Dodgers. So probably so for Max Scherzer yeah, to be talking about just a random guy about how good he is and how, you know, he almost, you know, after the fact says, yeah, I had more confidence in that guy than I did me. That goes to show you the caliber of play, all of these games coming down to just that one little bit, as you said, the Seager ground ball that he w isn't able to convert for an out. A check swing by Wilmer Flores in Game Five. That heartbreaker. That was it. Was a check swing. Wasn't a check swing. Yeah, he no, he checked it. That wasn't a strike. But and or or Gavin Lux hitting a fly ball that 
should have been out in winds that you typically see in San Francisco, but instead they're at Dodger Stadium. And so there's just all of these, you know, one swing of a bat. You never know who it's going to be. It's, it's, it's you know, reminiscent of 2007 with the Rockies where every night in September, in October, you didn't know who it was going to be. And you think it's going to be the stars because you go, well, this game is so important and it could decide the series. And so you have to have the best player who's the one that tips it. And that's that's almost usually not the case. It's somebody lower down on the bench. It's why you need depth. It's, it's why you need those pieces because it could be anybody at any point and everyone needs to stay ready. And and yeah. all four of these teams have been doing that on a night in, night out basis. Like Chris Taylor's made like a career of those moments. Like a very good baseball player, all around baseball player, right? And then you get him in you get him in big spots. And it's just like Chris Taylor always delivers. He's so. great. I mean the the Dodgers, they just have a million of them. And that's yeah. That was the piece that just seemed like going into October, the just the depth. Even even if you're not familiar with it, even if they're not as household of names as as some of the other clubs have, you you just know they're going to pull through. I mean, it's it's similar with Houston. You know, we were talking before we went to air about like you look at the Astros roster, and I think a lot of you know pretty good baseball fans would be surprised to see some of the names there. I mean, I, I remember last year re- recording a podcast when the Rockies had two against Houston and kind of looking at their starting rotation. And at the time I didn't, I, I had never seen the name Framber Valdez or yeah. Christian Javier or Jose Urquidy. And I'm like, I don't, I keep up on prospects, but I, I, are these just, is this like a spot starter type situation? And, and no, these guys are legit dudes. Yeah. They've come uh, that they're here after going from, you know, to, to go from, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke, right? Like two, and and Lance McCullers Jr. is like their fourth guy. And now <laughs> McCullers is their their ace who's now hurt. It's not even on the ALCS roster. And they they are going with Jose Urquidy in game three, you know, and they do, you know, it was it is Framber Valdez and uh, Luis Garcia and, you know, who got who's also hurt, but is trying to, trying to pitch his way through it. You know, it's, it is, it is really interesting that they are, are back in this position and just keep recycling at that, at that spot, because you look at like the Dodgers success and the Braves success in the last couple of years, it's the rotation is the same. It's just the same, the same guys loaded up, you know, and then they'll, you know, they obviously they had Scherzer this year who's become like the story because his second half was so, so, so dumb. It was so unbelievably good that he just became like the, the guy, you know, that, that, a that, a, a Julio Urias is a relief pitcher in LA. And that guy's like a number two starter in almost all the other teams in baseball. Like the guy's a monster. 20 game winner. He's a reliever. Like I just, yeah, I, uh, they're the Dodgers are, I, I want to hate them because they're the Dodgers, but they're so well run and they have so much talent and they're just so good that it's like, 
can you guys please be easier? Can you guys lean into the villain thing? Like, was... can you guys can you guys talk some talk some shit to to somebody? Can you guys like can you guys do something that that breaks some unwritten baseball rules so I can hate you guys? Like, golly, man, can we just get? I just want to get my hate on with the Dodgers, and they're just so good. I just it sucks. I and like in my heart of hearts, I can't stand them. Right, like screw LA forever. But respect overrides hatred. It, you know, I, I feel like that that should be a quote from like the Princess Bride or something. Well, but I, I did just I just make that up. It's the it's, respect overrides the hatred, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Avs Red Wings from the '90s. You know, part of what made that rivalry so intense, and obviously you hated their guts and they were there was nothing worse than any than a person from detroit back in the 90s if you were an abs fan but the respect like you you don't hate steve eiserman or sergey fedorov in the same way that you did other like a mike madonna or an ed Belfort. you respected them you were like look i i hate their team and i hate their organization but those guys are amazing you know and you look at you look at i mean how can you how how can anybody ever hate Mookie Betts? Like he's he's like one of sports' greatest guys, and he's also an otherworldly talent. And he's a great bowler. And and I hate Chris Osgood, but you know who oh. I love? I love ball. And we love companies here at DNVR trying to save the world. Yeah, we're talking about that ball, aerospace and technology. They've been practicing diversity and inclusion for years while many other major companies just talk about it as a workplace idealism. That's because their culture of belonging has been noticed by the human rights campaign. They've got a corporate equality index score of 100%. So objectively, your background, whatever it may be, even if you're from New Jersey or even if you're from Texas and you root for the Astros, that will not prevent you from succeeding at ball. You're free to be your authentic self. And right now, they're looking for people who have technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles, which they've been doing for a very long time. It's an iconic brand. They're doing big things there at Ball, and you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. So text GOLDEN to 77222, and you'll get linked to open positions. Or you can go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77. Two two two. Then take that hard-earned paycheck and buy yourself a home with the expertise and support of Chevalier Mortgage. Now, Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. Something to keep in mind for our homeowners with prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that. Make the bubble work for you. Now, they've got a fun perk over at Chevalier Mortgage for DNVR listeners. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Or call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Or visit dnvrmortgage.com. My, that's Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Or Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 
1910631. And finally, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a week seven offer every football fan needs to jump in on. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL game. And if your team wins, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. So combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. And the more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR, and new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 Zero zero. I probably I shouldn't speak for you, AJ, right now, but I'm 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 gonna at least speak for myself. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week has to be the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're back home in LA. They've lost the first two against the uh, against Atlanta, and I mean it doesn't matter what team you've got in the NLCS. If you're you're down two zero and you're going back home, you know you you that's a must win game if you've ever seen one and we've been talking this entire podcast about how close these games have been and so Atlanta's not that much better where they're going to go up 3-0 that's that's absurd you know that much about baseball so that's my pick of the week got to go Dodgers hard on a victory in game 3 on Tuesday night yeah uh Atlanta's lost 10 of 11 in LA so i'm not putting I'm feeling even better now. Thank yeah, you. I'm not. I'm not putting any money on game. Game three is definitely going to LA. I'm. I'm, I'm going even harder now. I'm. I'm doubling my bet. I'm not it's, doubling my bet of the Dodgers. It's. It's just how bad does it get, right? All right. We. We mentioned Tyler Matzik, of course, former Rockies guy. He had the yips for a couple years. Had to go to the independent route. Uh, down by you, or, or formerly down by you, in the Texas Air Hogs. You ever go to a Texas Air Hogs game? No, but uh, I did go to some Sugarland games. Yeah, now now before, that you're affiliate. Yeah, before they became an actual affiliate when they were an independent. Uh, Clemens played with them for a little bit. I think all his kids did. <laughs> yeah, but Matt's uh, he he actually lived. Clemens lived uh, a couple blocks away from where I grew up in Texas. There you so, go. Yeah. It was all, always, all the kids with the K names. <laughs> it was it was funny because it was like, like it was like our normal neighborhoods, and then you would just drive by this like complex, and it was like who lives there? And then like you found out later it was Roger Clemens and his family, and you were like, like oh, oh all right, oh Craig Biggio's down the street, maybe Bagwell. This, this makes more. <laughs> this makes more sense why it's like a gigantic compound out here in the middle of like suburbia. Yeah, Matzek's been such a great story for Atlanta, and, and he's a guy to yeah, easy to, to root, root for. for. So easy to root for. That's a good story. And again, Atlanta seems like they're, uh, you know, the the le- least negative of the choices. So that's one of the best guys to root for. Alex Cora again, been through a lot. Okay, deserved it to an extent. It's good to see him. You mentioned Mookie Betts. 
gotta gotta love rooting for him. Scherzer too. I think Scherzer kind of goes in that group where you want to see, you know, him him be successful. He already has a ring, just like uh, Betts does. But but there are two guys on on Houston. I think you you might want to see win. Uh, the first, of course, Zach Greinke. Who you know he's got he's he's been in one World Series. You know, in twenty nineteen hasn't hasn't won the big one yet. It would be cool to see Zach Greinke in the clubhouse, a couple bottles of champagne, letting loose. You know, he it would be nice for him to have a World Series ring at the end of the day, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean Zach Greinke's like a. You remember? Do you remember when like Zach Greinke was like the up and coming guy with Kansas City? And like, of course, yeah. And I remember when his career was over, and he quit, and he just stepped away, and then he came back and was just as good. Yeah, well, and like he didn't want to go to a big market because of anxiety issues, and like he was like, oh, I don't want to, you know. And then signs with the Dodgers. Yeah, right. Like, (laughs) uh, just just an unbelievable career he's had. It's so interesting, and you see him pitch now, and you're just like. I just, I just, if you can't appreciate Zach Greinke's career, like, what are we doing here? If he can have a huge World Series and the Astros win, I think that could be the <laughs> final piece. You're trying to talk, you're trying to find ways to make it a, an Astros World Series win palatable no, to casual no. fans. No, I was trying to find ways to get Greinke uh, in the Hall of Fame because I. Oh, I, he should be there anyway. Well, I can I can remember the moment a few years ago, and I go, you know what? This this dude is on that precipice, and 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 my cousin, I'll, I'll give him a shout out because he he took the words out of my mouth. I I said it a couple weeks ago. Xander Bogarts is another one of those guys where you go, look at his numbers, look what he's done in his career, and you go, all right, he he still has a way to go. He's still young. He's still twenty eight, but he's now on that precipice. So so Granky, it, it becomes maybe more of a slam dunk if he has that that big World Series, and another guy that maybe becomes a slam dunk Hall of Fame manager is Dusty Baker. Now he's got a World Series ring as a player uh, with the Dodgers in 81. Uh, you know, was was the manager of that team in 2002 of the Giants, which if you remember his son was the Bat Boy, got a little overzealous to grab the bat. JT Snow scores, yanks him by his collar, yeah, grabs him. Yeah. Holy smokes. So it would great be great moment. for Dusty Baker to win a World Series. That's something I'm 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 here to see. I, I'd love to see that. Yeah, and I mean, he's what is it? Division titles with five different organizations as the, as the manager. Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's pretty impressive. So, although I mean, I don't know, crediting managers with stuff in baseball in the last ten years has been—it's a little different. It's changed. Yeah, it's changed. I also, if if he wins the World Series, I want. And I imagine they don't already have this up there in Cooperstown, but I want to see a toothpick behind a glass <laughs> case. Like I, I want to see that ah, this toothpick yeah. was in the mouth of, or it doesn't have it doesn't have to be that right. Like you, you can have it could be on it could be on his bust. Oh, there you go. You'd be the first player with a toothpick hidden. Yeah, going to be hidden somewhere in the background. You could do that. And Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is a, is another one of those great stories. He just seems like an all around good guy. You know, he's trick or treating with his kid, and he sees some other random kid wearing a Freddie Freeman jersey, and he's like, "Hey, I'm that guy." And the kid has no idea what's happening, but 
here, your mom will take a photo of us. That'll be great. He's having, you know, game, uh, a game of catch with, with his son. He's going to the little league games and not bad for a guy who seemed like he was going to be the villain in his career because he looks exactly like the older brother buzz from home alone. And so he's definitely, <laughs> he's done a good job, his PR department. So he's a guy that you definitely want to root for and see win a world series ring. Yeah. And I mean, I, Atlanta, I, I think Atlanta is just fun. You know, like I just, Freddie Freeman, obviously I really like, but I've always been a big Charlie Morton guy. Uh-huh. And it's like some of their, some of their young pitchers, you know, Ian Anderson is great. He's he was my rookie of the year pick at the start of the season. Ton of fun to watch, you know, and, and I've always really liked Dansby Swanson, uh, Ozzy Albies. He's fantastic. Just a, just a, <laughs> a, a total spark plug of a player. Just a lot of fun to watch, you know. And you see, like, Eddie Rosario, like, winning you games in the postseason. Like, you got to just appreciate stuff like that. Yeah, I think um, it's impressive that Atlanta's been able to do it, where at the trade deadline, they went all in. I, I think I think it has to be one of the more impressive all-out performances by a general manager at the trade deadline, because they they barely eked out. Like, they they had less wins than the Cardinals, who were the wild card. So they I think they only had 88 wins in the regular season. And that was only because Alex Anthopoulos went out and said, okay, we need to trade for an entire outfield. Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, and Jorge Soler. They got four yeah, outfielders. Jorge Soler is not even playing. Four outfielders, people. Uh, and there were some other dudes they ended up acquiring too. Uh, you know, Stephen Vogt. Give him a little shout out as, as the third string catcher. So, like, man, they, they went all in. And, you know, they didn't entirely empty the farm system, but they were really aggressive and they didn't, they didn't get any, any earth shattering players. And they, you know, gave, they just gave up a lot. They put a lot out on the line for not a lot of guaranteed, you know, return on investment. And so they're doing yeah. it and they, they should reap the reward. So I think that's why for a lot of Rockies fans, you're, you're rooting for them the most. And, and, you know, they have the most Rockies connections, obviously with, Eric Young Sr. there, Walt Weiss Jr. and Matzik. Those are the three guys, whereas Boston has Adam Ottavino. Uh, to, who, who else is dangling around as the former ex-Rockies? You know, not not too many. I'm, I'm going to kick myself afterwards for for not remembering all, all the different names. Colin McHugh is there with the Rays, but I totally forgot. there's not too many. <clears throat> I totally forgotten Ottavino was in Boston, and then he just, like, wandered out of the bullpen the other day, and I was like, no shit. And they didn't mention Coors Field after like three minutes. Like, oh, good. That was impressive. It, man, does that get old. All right. Let's wrap up on on a high note. This whole episode was a high note. I think it was really good. So, again, the big event you had on Saturday night with uh, the the after party there with all these great legends. It was cool. If we ever had something like that for the Rockies, I got to know what two or three old school Rockies guys. Obviously, we all would, would want Larry Walker, and you could still pick him if you want. We'd all want Todd Helton to come on the after show and just hang out and bullshit with everyone. But who would be your two or three guys that you go, oh, man, if they could come down to the bar. That was my guy as a kid growing up, or I just respect this this person for everything they've done, maybe even after the fact. Who who would those legends be? Well, my favorite baseball player growing up was Walt Weiss. So... Nice. 
that's probably not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I would say um, Eric Young, I think, would be senior, obviously. Uh, he's he's be, on my list. He's on I my th- list, too. I, th- I think he'd be just a, you know, with his personality, I think he'd be a tremendous storyteller. To guy, a guy that sits down and gives you you know, just a, just a quality 45 minutes of just, just talk, right. Just telling stories. And I didn't like, I didn't know that Milan Hayduk was going to be as good a storyteller as he ended up being on our show the other day. Uh, right. he, we sat him down and then he just started talking and we just kind of kept opening up doors and he just kept walking through them and <laughs> it ended up being great. And he was always such a shy guy in his career, uh, that it was, you know, you, you never, you, you never, you never really know. Um, I would say, in terms of, uh, in terms of trying to get great conversation out of guys, I think your Vittori Alba would be another really good guy um, to get for if you want, you know, personality and story, and uh, you know, Gerardo Para, another guy that I think you could just have a really fun show with. But if you're going with like greats, you know, if you're going with like those guys, you know, you do want the Blake Street Bombers. Yeah. You know, you do want, um, you know, I, I, I would love to sit down with Mike Hampton and talk about his perspective at the time of the signing, why he thinks things didn't work out, how he looks back on it now, how he remembers his career you know, where he, where he think thinks that things kind of went off the rails for him. Cause it was pretty downhill pretty fast. And I, I, I would love like Mike Hampton is like a dirty, like a, like a code word for something bad for Rockies fans. Right. Like <clears throat> I, 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 I would imagine that it's like a lot of Rockies fans safe words where it's just like, this is too far. Mike Hampton. No, can't do this. Uh, and I, I would love to sit down with him and and just dig into his perspective on things and the way that he is perceived and like the way that the Rockies like went huge into free agency once. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I I say once, but I guess I guess when they went and spent all the money on all the relievers, that was a pretty big free agency move. Um. And like the one time, like the dipping of the toe with Ian Desmond, um, which I say dipping of the toe, but it was like a super costly mistake. But with Hampton, I just think that there was, it was just such a franchise changing moment. And I would love to get his perspective from it because you know it's it's like uh not a not a great parallel but it's like the documentaries that have come out in the last couple of years telling the russian viewpoint of the miracle on ice because everybody knows the american side uh you know which is you know miracle great disney movie tells that story in depth but getting the perspective from the russian side of things was fascinating and really humanized help to humanize that situation a lot more because they only ever get talked about. Like they are Ivan Drago level of bad guys. And I think Hampton would be a a wonderful sit down to just revisit 
And that, so. that could do a lot for him too. And any kind of weight that he might carry. And, you know, we know athletes yeah. a lot of times they, they don't carry that weight around or they don't like look back and think about it, but yeah. they also don't have that, the chance for that kind of redemptive moment or, or, or at least just to be able to officially put it past them. Like remember back when it, it took two world series for the Red Sox to win before Bill Buckner could come back. And of course that's something that, you know, who, who knows how often he thought about that on a day to day or month to month basis, but it was like, Hey, it's out of my control. It happened. I'm going to move mm-hmm. on with my life. And he did, but then to come back and then people have just people forgive him and mm-hmm. you know, throw out the first pitch and be there on opening day to, to, to raise the, the, the world series banner there. And it's like, okay, now, now it's, it's closed. I didn't realize that, you know, it was still a, an unfinished story, but I think that that same thing would be true for, for Hampton to kind of get that off his chest. I, I agree about Eric Young Sr. Uh, Tulitsky, I'd, I'd have to put there because I know he's got great stories and I feel like he could go off on a tangent and really, really give some good stuff and maybe do a little roasting himself. And a guy that also is a good talker that, again, I, I Andres Galarraga would be great for like yeah. making dreams come true because you, you just hardly ever see him at all. Yeah. So then you go, okay, people are going to flip out and go, I, I got to meet Big Cat. So he'd have to be on that list. But another guy that's a good talker that I think would have some good things to say, and he does it on Twitter a little bit from time to time, is Preston Wilson. That that oh. era of the Rockies where they were so irrelevant. Oh. I love I love that era. I love irrelevant eras in teams' history. Don't get me going on Preston Wilson. <laughs> He's... That huge year that he had in Colorado oh, so was good. like one of my all-time favorite single-player mm-hmm. performances. Uh, I just I love Preston Wilson, so I I would be all about that. Uh, we'd be remiss if we also didn't mention Carlos Gonzalez, just a awesome guy that you could just talk with for hours. He would have to be the last guest because if he was the first one. <laughs> You'd be done. Yeah, you'd be yeah. like two hours later. Cargo, yeah. this was great. And like you, <laughs> you'd wrap it up like ten times, and he would still go on and give yeah. gold. And but then all the other guests would have left. So you got to hold him for last. And you go, all right, we've been done this live stream for two hour, two and a half hours already. We're gonna bring on Cargo. It's gonna be <laughs> another two hours. Yeah, that would be awesome. That that, that that's your encore. Like you want an yeah. encore, dude? We're gonna have. We're gonna play the entire album from the first track to the last one with Cargo. Yeah, that would definitely be a that would be a great one. I <laughs> I agree, Cargo would, but you would have to, you would definitely have to schedule that out. <laughs> and Helton would almost have to be first if you had Helton because he's he's not a big talker. You're not gonna get too much out of him. He'll just get the proceedings I'm, going. I'm telling you though, I you know Milan Hayduk wasn't somebody that I thought was going to sit down and and dig into some stuff, and he we had a great chat with Hedgie. So, all right, I, so uh, maybe we'll we'll set the bar low for Helton, yeah. and then maybe he'll surprise like Hayduk. That would be good. You just never know. That would be fantastic. Well, AJ, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, you're just AJ Hayfley on Twitter. No underscore. I'm at return of AJ now because I'm still banned. At return of AJ. Yeah. Not Jock Floorball, which going back to TDSP, you still got the Jock Floorball. I, on I you can listen forgetting. to. You can listen to our man AJ over at the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Season starting up. 
you you hear the passion in his voice about the Rockies. I mean, wait till you, you hear the content that he and Rudo and Evan are, are churning out over there at DNVR Rockies. So uh, follow him at Return of Rockies. You can follow me at Patrick D. Lyons or I'll get all your Rockies coverage at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter. For DNVR Sports, I'm Patrick Lyons. He's AJ Hayfley. Thank you for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans, especially our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. And if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Green Mountain Dental Group, only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, but a million miles better than the rest.